Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we are so glad that you are back here with us today. Last time we did our one second challenge. That was super fun. If you didn't check it out, you totally should because it was just, it was a sh- or probably absolutely our shortest episode. Easily. It was only about 20 minutes long. So, and it was a ton of fun. And spoiler, Josh got them all. So. Well. You did all the work. All I had to do was listen and guess. (laughs) But it was good. And we decided at the end of that episode that we were going to check out Hit and Run Phase 1. Right. We had, uh, or actually, I had looked back at all of the albums and eras we had covered so far on this podcast and sort of realized, wow, the most recent album we have covered was released more than 12 years ago. So let's do something a little more current. Um, So we picked... Hit and run phase one for... Uh, you picked. I, I picked. came along for the ride. I picked. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> so, hit and run phase one. It was Prince's 38th studio album, yep. give or take. I guess you just depends on what you count as a studio Prince album, album because right. there are uh, those who think albums like New Power Soul, released in 1998, that has a New Power Generation title on it, is... Not a Prince album, uh-huh. so therefore it doesn't count. Yeah, we're looking at you, Darren. Yes, Darren from Prince Track by Track <laughs> feels very strongly about this. However, I look at an album like Hit and Run Phase 1, and it to me is less of a Prince album than New Power Soul was. It's interesting that you bring that up because when I put it into iTunes, you gave it to me. Right. iTunes listed it as a compilation album, not as a Prince album. And that wasn't something I told it to do. That was something it did all on its own, huh. which I thought was that interesting. That might have come from the uh, CD text when I imported it, because I ripped it off oh. a CD that we bought, and it might have been labeled that way by whoever uploaded the songs to identify the disc first and oh, made okay. it a compilation. Um, so that may be why. Yeah, well, I just thought it was interesting, because it didn't. It doesn't show up as in my albums. It shows up under compilations. Oh. I mean, it is a good way to... I think categorize this. I mean, even the title "Hit and Run" it was sort of designed to be a quick surprise release, and it kind of had the feeling that Prince wasn't going to dwell on this very much. He was going to yeah. get it out as quickly as he could, and then move on to the next thing, which was "Hit and Run Phase 2, <laughs> uh, which was a completely, Let's move completely on different quickly. album. Yeah, and, and com- we're going to give it virtually the same name. Right. Yeah. We're going to change a number, and <laughs> otherwise it's the same. Right. Hit and Run was a term that Prince had used for a lot of his tours starting in 1986 during the parade tour for uh-huh. Under the Cherry Moon. It was kind of where really he did like a, a one-off somewhere. Yeah, like a pop-up surprise concert mm-hmm. or, you know, with very little announcement that he was going to perform. And that was something he'd used throughout, really, you know, for 30 years, 40 years, right. 30 years. Right. 1986 to 2016 is 30, 30 years. years. Right. <laughs> Math. Math. (laughs) It's hard Um, sometimes. So he had never used the term on an album before, though. So it was kind of exciting to hear, oh, hit and run. What is this going to be? Yeah. It was a surprise. Definitely a surprise. Yeah, for sure. I noticed he used the word one in phase one instead of the number one in phase one. It kind of goes against Prince Bonics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's never one for perfect consistency that's true well and i just i it was interesting mm-hmm. i have no opinion about it one way or another it was just something i noticed yes so there you for, go for both he spelled out the numbers one and two for both of those mm-hmm. albums right good observation though 
So the surprise on this one was it was released on Tidal, um, the streaming streaming music service, exclusively for a full week starting on September 7th, 2015. Okay. And then the CD uh, was released on September 15th, very unusually, on a Monday instead of industry it's standard Tuesday. Fr- Friday releases at that oh. point. They've kind of moved to Fridays. It used to be Tuesdays, oh. and now it's Fridays. I still think of it as Tuesdays. Yeah. But. So it was a very uh, unique approach, for sure. You know, hit and run is kind of a print standard term for surprise and this album's appearance and I think overall sound was definitely a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I would think so. It's pretty divisive among fans. It is. A lot of people, if you look back on the org from from prince.org from this time, man, there's a lot of people complaining about it and there's a lot of people who are like i don't know what you're talking about this is great yeah so it was really it was interesting to see how varied the opinions were yeah um so this was one of the first one of the only albums in prince's career that he's given co-writing and co-producer credit to someone else for the entire album oh okay um and that was for um the collaboration with joshua welton who was responsible for really the overall sound of the album i would say right he's the husband of the drummer from third eye girl right hannah welton they're both still very active on twitter also prince had sort of brought the two of them under his wings and you know sort of treated them as his grown-up kids, mm. you know, late in his career. Yeah. Hannah and Joshua also um, have a ministry. I don't know if you knew this, that they have a ministry that's very active on Twitter called Your Will Be Done Ministries. Huh. And they are really, they do a lot of videos, um, you know, as far as Christian ministry work. So if you're interested in, in seeing what they're up to, just search Twitter for Your Will Be Done Ministries. Neat. And you can see them both still very active. They've had a child who was born on Prince's birthday after Aww. his death also and are Aww. still very uh, much, you know, Prince Evangelicus. Oh, how do you say that? What am I trying to say? They're Evangelists? Evangelists for uh-huh. Prince. Thank okay, you very much. There we still go. to this day. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right. Yeah. So shall we jump into the songs themselves? We shall, but first I want to mention oh. something else about the album cover art for oh. this being... Very unique in Prince's right. career, career. There had never really been like a very a, flat illustration right. of Prince, which um, is really cool. It's very cool and very it was very po- that kind of illustration style is still very popular today on yeah. social media. Well, yeah, well, three uh, years later, yeah, 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 it's still very popular. Um, so the artist was Martin Homant, who okay. um, did these illustrations for Prince. You can um, see the story about it if you Google the many faces of Prince. You can see he's got a website oh. set up where he's got the story behind all these illustrations that he did. He kind of took uh, one Prince look from the beginning of his career in 1978, and for every album, he basically did an illustration of Prince in the same style with these very simple shapes. Um, so they're all very consistent, but all you can look at them and say, oh, that's Purple Rain, or right. that's Sign of the oh, Times. They're very, neat. very cool. So um, I just thought that was worth mentioning. Cause I thought what that was a really, really nice cool. way to honor like his evolving look. That it's, he is the consistent thing, but he changed so very much. Yeah. His looks from one time period to the next, Mm -hmm. that he did a really good job of kind of remaking his look, but still having it be sort of cohesive because he was the thing that held it together. Yeah. What a neat way to honor that, to have a similar art style 
for all of his different looks. That's really neat. Yeah, so there's speculation of, well, were there going to be even more Hit and Run Phase albums that might use illustrations? Because Hit and Run Phase 2 used the same illustration, and then Prince's last tour, the Piano and Microphone Tour, used Martin's illustrations as backdrops during some of the performances also. So they were really worked into the live show, too. So there you go. Now we can proceed. Okay. Million Dollar Show, the opening track with Judith Hill. Uh Uh-huh. Think it, it was mainly Judith on vocals. Yeah, uh, there was there were some prints. Yeah, there were a couple of verses. A lot that, of a lot of backup, some verses, but even those Prince's voice was auto tuned or manipulated in some right. way, so it wasn't a pure Prince vocal. Correct. I thought it was really catchy. Yeah, and oh, yeah. it's fun to sing. Man, I was listening to it in the grocery store this morning, and just the, like dancing through, you know. Through the aisles and enjoying myself and right, yeah, yeah. Was... The more I listened to this album, the more I did like it. Yeah, I have to say that for sure. You know, I can see if you're a Prince, you know, purist from you know the well, height of his popularity, this is a bit jarring. I could see that, and I think as an opening track, that I can see how big, deep, hardcore fans would be frustrated by somebody else primarily singing the vocals on the opening track of yeah. an album that they've been waiting for. Yeah, that's true. You, I can see that, but, but if you just kind of take it at face value, I thought this was a really good song. Yeah, I agree. And Judith Hill was not like a surprise performer. If you had been following Prince for the two or three years before that, you knew who she was. Right. She was a contestant on The Voice and had sung backup with Michael Jackson, Jackson and Josh Groban and Stevie Wonder. So... She had some chops for, you know, a relatively newcomer. Right. I also thought it was interesting that this song starts off with samples of three songs that sort of span, well, I wouldn't say they span his career. They sort of touch on the beginning and the height of his popularity with uh, For You and 1999 and Let's Go Crazy. We get little bits of those songs before launching into this one. A little montage, which I think was common for him to use something really similar at the beginning of a concert. Yeah, he'd been doing that since 1990 with, you know, snippets of songs. None of them had this kind of record stop effect at the end of each of the samples that sort of led into the song. So that was a little unique. But yeah, and he actually used the song to open concerts in 2015. There's a um, actually a soundboard recording of a 2015 hit-and-run tour stop in Detroit where this song sort of opens the concert and you can actually hear Prince's original vocals on the song Really, there also. Hmm. Yeah, before they were re-recorded with uh, Judith Hill. Neat. Yep. Okay. Um, but I thought a very fun, upbeat song, although I read the story, kind of the story about it where uh, um, Joshua Welton was talking about it being, you know, the true meaning of it is it's another song in a long line of Prince songs that rail against the music industry right um when you listen to the lyrics it's very fun upbeat fun to sing along to but there was a very serious artistic stance right. taken on this he's again still fighting like, for artist rights yeah he's still writing about that still concerned about that but also talking about how people are standing outside people singing in line uh-huh. that the music brings people together and Yes, he's talking about that, but he's also talking about the joy that the music brings to the fans Mm -hmm. that I kind of feel like maybe that's not necessarily like you can rail against the music industry, but there's also people involved who are loving your music and you got to kind of remember that. Yeah. And he says, you know, there's enough seats for everyone. Yeah. Which is 
kind of cool. Yeah. Do you know who Serena is? There's a tell Serena first come first serve. What we mean is who got the nerve standing outside people singing in line. Mm-mm. No, that's you part of a, okay. Jude, the Judith Hill lines. I I didn't even realize that Serena was part of the lyrics. Oh, okay. Well, I was just curious if there was mm. something there or if that was somebody. I couldn't find anything about that. Who might Serena be? Hmm. But in, it's not even in the lyrics we're looking at. It's not even capitalized. So it might be like yeah. Felicia. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a generic name. <laughs> yeah. Not that Felicia is a generic name, but the by Felicia thing. Right. Yeah. I do love the end of the song where Prince kind of screams, only the haters ever complain. Can't hear Jack in the back, in the back of my plane. And then the song kind of comes to it a, an abrupt end with the sound of a plane taking off. Yep. And, you know, it rolls He's right gone. into song number two. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is Shut This Down. Shut This Down. Yeah, Shut This Down. So it was, uh, this one was recorded earlier than the majority of the songs on the album in spring of 2014, according to Prince Vault. Okay. Um, and was also played over uh, the PA system before um, Prince shows in June of 2014. So yeah. that's how they're dating it. I thought it was a fun placement of the songs like his million dollar show is gonna shut this down yeah if you keep reading yeah into the story kinda, of the opening you kind of like it, it kind of flows and goes together in a fun way it wasn't it wasn't just like a mishmash this was an intentional choice yeah for yeah. sure um i don't know if this song sort of borders on edm like electronic dance music yeah. to me which is sort of the genre certainly for the first half of the album and i think yeah. it's the thing that kind of puts prince purist if you will off that you know he had never recorded an album in this kind of genre before but you and i were talking earlier we didn't talk about our opinions on the album but we did right. talk about you know this is a different direction and if you like prince's music then that's something to appreciate about the entire album as this is Something different. different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to make the same songs. I don't want to listen to the same songs. (laughs) If I want to listen to the same songs, I'll listen to the same songs. I don't need him to make new songs that sound sound like we, there's plenty of artists who do that and I'm not going to name any names, but there are plenty of artists who make really similar sounding music all the time and that's fine. And if that's what their fans want and that's what they're, happy and comfortable and inspired to make that's fine but i really that's one thing that i really appreciate about prince is that he was willing to do something different even if some people didn't like it yeah that that did not matter to him especially in 2015 right um i thought despite the digital kind of sound of this song there's a really a lot to like instrumentally especially prince's bass playing towards the end Uh-huh. Um, yeah, his bass is really cool. Yeah, where he says, uh, how I got so funky, it's a mystery, must be genetics, my DNA, electromagnetism, you can't get away. Uh-huh. And there's a great bass line there that's all all Prince. And yeah. It's, um, if you pay attention, this album, I think, is really one that benefits from headphones. Good set of headphones. Yeah. Turn it up, and more so than a lot of albums. I would agree I with most of with that on most songs. Sure, yeah, I know. I yeah. know you had an issue later yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought that Funky was in his DNA. Mm-hmm. His rapping is kind of funny and mm-hmm. silly, and you know, my ice is cold. 
as opposed to hot ice, as a, you know? <laughs> yes. like, yeah, there are a lot of turns of phrases that are fun, you know, like, I get you, baby, all sweaty and hot, I'm going to get you where you never get got, uh-huh. those yeah. kinds of things that are a lot of fun. It, the whole thing is this gravelly kind of, um, again, I, kind of the my name is Prince vocal delivery which I style, like which you lot. like. Yep. Yes, I really like here. the raspy voice, Yeah, the deep, deeper Prince registers speak to me quite a lot yes yeah um i also thought it was kind of funny where he proclaims that this is the old school straight purple mac baby but <laughs> uh-huh. this is clearly not, not old no. school music um you know maybe a reference to maybe an old, school, old school yeah that's what i thought maybe a <laughs> reference to an old school musician like him trying something different yeah mm-hmm. yeah no, the proverbial do- old dog learning new, new tricks, tricks. mm-hmm Good yes. job, Prince. And then there was the whole little uh, spoken word part at the end with the grown folk working, and he just yep. kind of silenced and left out words that he no longer uses in his language. I thought that whole part was really funny. And boy, you don't sit your ass down. Yeah, I love funny Prince. So it was very funny. Kind was... of, you know, I'm going to put this person in their place. Uh-huh. Um, he's scolding a boy and censoring his use of the word ass. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, self censoring. Uh-huh. That happens a number of times on this album. But yeah, this it is, does. This is the first one where yeah. it's uh, you know intentionally not bleeped out. It's just kind of, kind of just kind of left out. Yes. Like there's a space for it and your brain will fill it in yeah, for you. Yeah. And I feel like that's a word that we can use on this. We don't <laughs> typically <laughs> curse on this podcast, but I feel like a donkey and sure. ass is a, it's mild that's enough. Right. Sit your donkey down. <laughs> so I've tried to figure out, speaking of donkeys uh-huh. at the end where he says, I told you I was going to buy you a horse or two. <laughs> I still don't know what's going on there. Like, I'm going to school you, but in return, I'm going to give you some horses. Every kid wants a pony, right? I guess so. (laughs) Lucky boy. Someone out there got a horse from Prince, maybe. (laughs) Or whatever. Yep. (laughs) All right. And then we have uh, Ain't About to Stop. Yep. A duet with British singer Rita Ora. Yes. And this was originally going to be... Released on an album of hers. Yes. And it got right. delayed and it then and it's still, delayed it and is, is continuing to be delayed. Currently delayed. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's known slash assumed that there were lyrics that were changed that Prince took over uh-huh. uh, for his version of the song. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the common knowledge is that this song is his and he was working or giving it to Rita Ora for her right. album. So this is... Sort of his version, but Rita appears on the track also, primarily mm-hmm. in a super slowed down robotic kind of voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I thought it was funny that he calls Minnesota Minnie. Yes. He's not going to run from any. Yeah, it was yeah. a you know a rhyming convention, a, but yeah, you know, he's but called I it everything still... from Minnie to Moneyapolis uh-huh. throughout his career to yeah. you know get the rhymes to work. Right. But, yeah. Whatever, man. I don't care. Uh-huh. It's funny. I yeah, he, like it. He builds up Rita quite a bit in the song. I mean, again, this is what the third song on the album and the second appearance by a guest vocalist who's a woman. Right. So he builds her up a lot with those shouts, uh, shouts of, if you're not a Rita bot, you're a blood clot. Oh, yeah. You're just in the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny and 
I got. I, I don't know. Are her fans called Rita Bots? I wonder. I don't know if that's I don't know either. one of. I don't know. She's beyond my realm of knowledge yeah. outside of this album. Yeah, yeah. I like the song. It it's really had a heavy and hard sound. It was kind of grimy, uh-huh. and it was. I thought it was fun. It, it is it's, fun. It's another one where towards the end, even if you're not a fan of this type of music, kind of dance, DJ, EDM, mm-hmm. house kind of music, right. uh, towards the end, there's another bass guitar part and, and some synths, uh, synthesizers and little hoo-hoo chants yeah. that are really great and kind of sound like more classic prints mm-hmm. that are mixed into this. So right. there's plenty to, to like if um, even if this isn't your type Taste cup of tea. Necessary. Yeah. And our 14-year-old loves this oh, song. Oh, this is, yeah, his favorite. Our yeah. Both of our kids they, like this album from do. start to finish. And they I really think do. that is the goal, you know, yeah. involving someone like Joshua Welton to bring something different to Prince's music and appeal to a different, you know, right. class of listeners. Right. Which is, you know, fun. And it was nice that I appreciated that you chose this because our children like it. So they mm-hmm. were totally fine because we just got home from a beach vacation where we drove and it was couple days of driving so Mm -hmm. it was fine to listen to this in the car it's clean they like it yeah relatively clean there it's fine yeah some of it goes above their 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 themes go over yes but and again and this is our the in this song is the second self-censoring instant uh of our donkey word here where he sings (laughs) lower class in the past from the bottom up we're getting rough and kicking donkeys Uh yeah and we have that kind of drop out just kind of yeah just Mm -hmm. It goes. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have Like a Mac. I wanted to make sure that I understood what he meant by Mac. All right. Because I knew what Macking was. It's flirting. Uh Yep. I'm not entirely sure that he's really quite using that word. Mm. Maybe it doesn't quite mean what he thinks it means. Mm. A Mac is somebody who's successful at flirting. Yes. I, I don't know. Oh, I thought it that was, that's uh, that was the meaning I took from it. That's, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, it's it usually like refers a, to a man. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think I don't. I don't know. It was it was interesting. I thought this was a fun song. There's a lot of words. It is really fast. Yeah, and then there's the appearance of the female rap duo Curly Fries. F R Y Z throughout this entire song. Um, the way that this song was dated is. Prince tweeted in June of 2015, I didn't remember this, that he uh, tweeted, Mama, wait till you hear Curly Fries on Prince's new remix. Um, So Prince himself calling this song a remix might indicate that there's an original recording or a different recording of the song that doesn't feature Curly Fries. Uh And what we have on this album is a reworking of that song. Oh, okay. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fun. It had kind of a Rastafarian flavor mm-hmm. a little bit to it. Yes, another, you know, this is with now the third appearance of, you know, real powerful female vocalists right. on this album, uh, which Prince has a history of doing. It's just really in the forefront of, of this album. I also had to look up, you know, there's a lot of contemporary language in this <laughs> yeah. song. Yes. Um, that I would have never <laughs> really been quite this. sure about, especially. What you're supposed to think in a club full of thoughts. Okay, so... What you supposed to think in a club full of thoughts. So, I thought, the first time I listened to it without looking at the words, I thought it was like he was 
saying how smart these girls were, like it was a club full of thoughts. They T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S. were T H O U G H T S. I thought mm-hmm. that they were pretty and smart. It was a club full of thoughts, but that no, no, be, that could be a play on words. Could be. I I hope so because. <laughs> Thought means that hoe over there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had to turn to Urban Dictionary for it because uh-huh. haven't frequented clubs very much. <laughs> no, Sorry. Certainly not in the past 20 years. No, not a thing. So, yeah, the, the, the thought is an acronym, you know, that means, like you said, that hoe over there is a name for girls in schools that send nude or uh-huh. pornographic images of themselves right. to other people. Which seems like a questionable sort of choice for him to be using. I don't know. I guess it maybe he's loosened up on his Jehovah's Witness ideals just a little bit in order to be able to or, include some of this. Yeah, or, or it's a proclamation of, you know, what are you supposed to think in a club filled with people like this? This isn't yeah. where we should be. Mm. Maybe it's a critique of... Of hmm. that type of behavior. Still seems like if you're going to critique that type of behavior, maybe don't use the language. I guess. Or he's, again, trying to relate. I mean, who? <laughs> yeah. I get where, it. I'm where, just... where did Prince at 57 pick up, you know, that kind of language? If not from, from Curly Fries? From Curly Fries <laughs> or maybe from the Weltons or he was hanging out with a lot of younger artists at this time, right. too. Which, to me, that whole... Part of this song makes him feel a little bit out of place to me. You know, he's yeah. 57 years old on this track. Um, that bit could have been left out for me. Yeah, I agree. It's just an odd choice. So I've been yeah. trying to figure it out, and um, I don't have the answer. It's very <laughs> perplexing. Okay, well, um, you can be perplexed yeah. while I tell it that uh, title used uh, about 15 seconds of the beginning of the song in an advertisement. I didn't know that. that. they did. Yes, it was a white girl teenager, <laughs> like, okay. dancing. And she says, life is about courage. Courage to be yourself. When I want courage, I listen to Prince. Oh, I've, I never, was, I've never seen that I before. I looked up Like a Mac. Very and good. And that came up, and I thought it was kind of cool. Very cool. I'm like, that's kind of, it's fun, it's interesting, it's obviously title going for maybe a slightly different demographic mm-hmm. than what they started out appealing to. Yeah. You know, teenage white girls, maybe not their initial target market. Certainly teenagers is their target market. But right. Yeah. You know, for me and a relationship with title, I took them up on the, whatever it was, a week of mm-hmm. free right. trial. So I could listen to this album and I've never, you know, gone back. But Prince had, um, you could also buy things off title too. You didn't right. have to be a subscriber to purchase the album. Which or, I appreciate. Yeah. So that, that was my kind of, I dipped my toe into title and then uh, dipped it back out. Yeah, you pulled it back out. It's I pulled not, it back out. It's maybe not filled with a ton of music that's appealing to us. Yeah, even the gateway into title is, you know, definitely not geared toward forty-something year old yeah. folks like us. Yeah, and that's and, fine. And, you know, not to say that there's not abs- 
absolutely a market for that. So I hope there is. They're, they I hope promised so too. a new Prince album from Tidal in 2019, and mm-hmm. I'm just hoping they're around. They make it's, it to yeah. 2019 <laughs> to make it all come to fruition. So um, I hope to support them uh, when that comes out. Yes, well, we'll happily do so. Yep. This all could right, be so us. The end this of Like a Mac, and then this could be us. The really distinguishing thing about this song is the letter B. Because that's what separates it in his catalog from This Could Be Us, B-E. Okay. Uh, which is where the song originally appeared on Artificial Age. Okay. Uh, his album from 2014. Okay. This is a remix of it. And okay. And therefore got the letter B instead oh, of B-E. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So the I don't know if you've read, read about the... Uh, inspiration for the original yeah, song being a, a meme, meme. Yeah, yeah, of him and Apollonia on a motorcycle. Yes, yeah. with This Could Be Us on it. So, yeah, that's where the inspiration from the song came from. That's so, cool. I don't know if you've gone back to listen to the original version or no, not yet. Have you no, not heard it? No, I didn't realize it's interesting. It so the... you're hearing it in the reverse order that okay. I heard it. I heard the original and then uh-huh. this version. You're hearing okay. the remix first and then okay. eventually you'll get back and to it. And it's on Artificial Age? Yes. For me, the original song, we've talked about this before with remixes and that type of thing, that there there needs to be something meaningful added for it to be worthwhile. I feel like the original version on Artificial Age is superior. Oh, Um, okay. I thought what bugs me a little bit about this version is the Max Headroom vocal effects. And we've got lasers and pinball machines. (laughs) It sounds a bit like... An arcade to me. Oh well, I kind of kind of gave it an '80s vibe to me. I was kind of digging it. Huh. But I will say, towards the end of the song, again, as was the case with "Shut This Down" and "Ain't About to Stop," the most inter- interesting part of the song for me was the music at the end. There's some mm-hmm. great rhythm guitar work and bass work that goes on for a little bit, and I'm like, "More of this, please." That's great. I absolutely loved it. So I thought it sounded like a rough ballad with a guitar solo. <laughs> Yeah. Which I liked. Yeah, with yeah. Yeah, a rhythm guitar solo at the end. Yeah. Um, so I, I really thought this was pretty cool. This was the album's second single that was made okay. available two weeks prior to the album's release. Oh, okay. And it was sort of like part of the announcement mm-hmm. that this is going to be an album because okay. there wasn't really yeah. a clue that this was happening. Hence Hit and Run, the whole name. That's like, right. quick, yeah. just put it out there. Yeah, and then move on. Um, so... Uh, technically, it's the album's second single, um, and we'll get to the others okay. you know, as we keep going along. Okay. So, I you, so you enjoyed the, it. I did. I thought it was, I liked that he wanted a more spiritual connection and less uh-huh. purely physical. Yes. I thought that was, Yeah, I well, liked when, it. You know, I thought he, it was good. He talked about celibacy and mm-hmm. mind expansion and that kind of thing by taking right. some things away from himself to find, you know, new ways of expression. And yeah. That's where that originally came from. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, I could see how it might be frustrating to be in a romantic sort of relationship with him at this time. <laughs> yeah, probably pretty frustrating. <laughs> But um, yeah, and then we fall into we fall into fall in love tonight. There you go. So this one was recorded uh, in late 2013 and right. uh, was first heard on New Girl, yes. a comedy on CBS, and it was following the Super Bowl in February 2014 when mm-hmm. we first saw this. So this is sort of Prince's, you know, second. Super Bowl connection from right. when he performed six years earlier, and then here he did not perform. But as soon as the Super Bowl ended, the big buildup on CBS right. was New Girl with right. uh, guest starring. And Prince. we'll get to that 
in a bit. Why don't we talk just about the mm-hmm. album version okay. right now? Because on New Girl, and there was a single uh-huh. uh, that had Zoe Deschanel's yep. uh, vocals on it. This, the album version, doesn't have that. Right. Right. It's just his, his, mm-hmm. his vocals. Yep. I thought it had a nice beat. It was fun. It was danceable. It's simple, but mm-hmm. really optimistic. I thought it was... I, yeah. I had I had no complaints. A lot of people either didn't care for the song or far preferred this version of it. For sure, over the, the uh-huh. duet version right. of it. Yeah, it is it is very simple. There's this kind of repeating keyboard part throughout the entire song that I get a little tired of. Um, it's a um, relatively short song, too, and right. kind of this invitation to come and have a good time. So there's not a lot to right. dislike. What it reminded me of when I first heard it was... It was the kind of song that Cher recorded when she was trying to make her comeback in the late 90s. Yeah. So I went back to look at that, and I was like, what song was that? And I think it was Cher's Strong Enough from 1998, where it's obviously Cher, but it's in a genre of music that you don't normally associate with her at all. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what's happening here is uh, it's Prince. We kind of have his sped up Camille voice, which is always fun. Um, But clearly someone else has their uh, hands in the soup, if you will. I didn't bother me at all. I like it. I thought it was good. I'm okay with it. I did. I like it more now than when I first heard it. I was like, "This is the, this this kind of song is the reason I listen to Prince because I don't get this kind of stuff that's just a oh. just a beat um, and relatively simple, right? Um, and you know, mainly kind of electronic. Oh, um, I thought it was kind of a nice break in the middle of some really like heavy, very produced, mm-hmm. kind of challenging songs. I thought this was just kind of a nice little break. It's just a fun, happy pop song. Yeah, I definitely thought that it was the kind of song that would work well on radio, and I yeah. can't understand why it didn't, especially with his appearance on the on the show. To, well, to be something actually, that really worked we'll, into talk, pop we'll talk about that later. It actually charted pretty well after the Super Bowl, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, I just thought it would be a it shouldn't be something that would take you know the biggest sporting event in the world to <laughs> yeah you know, to to make it happen. It make this, a, this sounds like the kind of stuff I don't listen to the radio. Oh, that's before. a reason. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's the reason you don't listen to the radio. Kind it sounds of like this. Kind of. Okay. A little bit. It verges right, there for me. It's on All the verge. Right. Okay. But it is where the album kind of turns around for me and okay. takes a different direction and um, kind of where I started warming up. Okay. To it completely for okay. sure. So we move from. Okay, here's the thing that really starts to irritate me a little bit about. The album is so many of the transitions between songs. We have this whooshy sound effect thing that is used over and over and over again. And I guess you could see it as it makes the album consistent and right. keeps the vibe the same. But the whooshy whooshes start getting to me a little bit by this I think point you're in the album. too critical of it. You think I'm too critical of whooshy whooshes? Yes. I do. I think I have the appropriate amount of criticism <laughs> for whooshes. Well, we'll agree to disagree because right. it didn't well, bother me at surprisingly, all. Surprisingly, this song ends with a whoosh and we go into X's face. Mm-hmm, with that futuristic sound. Yes, definitely like a futuristic funk song. Yes. 
And he's there's a lot of variety in his voice. I liked that a lot. I agree. His vocals are absolutely stellar where he switches in verses, switches seamlessly between falsetto and baritone during each verse. And I thought it was really well done. It's really, really well done. Uh, It's short. Very short. That is maybe my only complaint. It was too short? It would be a little longer. Okay. Um, I, along with many people on Prince.org, have been trying to figure out what the vocalization baseline is throughout yes. this song and some people have said my bass guitar is plugged in and ready to play and uh-huh. I really don't think that that's what it is I think it's just some sounds oh, no, that's where well, I've landed no I, I don't agree I don't know exactly what it says but the last part of it is definitely edit and play yeah okay I think there's it's slowed down or stretched out or something certainly altered yeah yeah um i don't i don't know exactly what it is but well, we it's could... fun to listen to it and like, yeah. think about it and try and make some can, some stuff maybe you and i can like sure sit down and alter it a little bit now that we're allowed to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> that's right now that we can talk about it together that's um, the hardest part of this podcast which i didn't anticipate was that we purposely don't talk about things we'll listen to the music together sometimes sometimes but we don't talk about what we think or we might ask one another a question what do you what what is that or do you know something about that or Mm -hmm. something like that but yeah but not do you do you like it is yeah do you not do you like it or do you know what he's saying there is not typically a question Right. That we turn to one another for until after we've recorded. <laughs> so we can do that. Yeah. Um, I love it when he basically calls his girlfriend a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, that is a little maybe suspect. Take the banana and go get in your cage. Go on, take that banana, then get back in your cage. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of like an insult to her intelligence, I guess, is what he's saying. Yeah. Um, you know, he also Seems does... Seems a little a, racially charged, maybe, too. A little racial, racially <laughs> charged. He's also doing a little bit of a Morris Day impression, I think, oh, there, too, okay. with his... Ooh, ah, ah, <laughs> his uh, yeah. Yeah. I really liked the lyrics where time is an illusion mm-hmm. a few months ago or maybe it was years a few months ago or maybe it was years yes. a long time ago or maybe, maybe. yesterday yeah basically it, saying it's all probably always been this way yeah or just time is an illusion he kind of right. talked about that in the rave into the year 2000 you know interviews and well or just even in the concert yeah. itself yeah he, that was something that he talked about and i thought that was really unsuccessful and detracting from that where the whole reason he was having the yeah the, the party the party was <laughs> because, because of, of time <laughs> because of the a, construct yeah, of a, time a calendar marker right? <laughs> yeah and you know, here he's talking about it in a does it matter? Maybe it doesn't matter. But I thought it was really successful. Mm-hmm. I guess it was originally a free download for concert attendees. Yes, for through Live Nation. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Louisville, Kentucky, and yep. it got played on the NYC radio. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, go Kentucky. <laughs> That's right, Lucky Kentucky. <laughs> There was a launch party on Yahoo that was a live stream thing for Plectrum Electrum and Artificial Age Okay. that they stopped in one of the studios in Paisley Park and Joshua Welton is at the control panel 
and the host asks, you know, what other, what else are you working on right now? And he plays a number of songs from this album. You know, here we are more than mm-hmm. a year in advance, and The X's Face is one of the ones that he pulled up and played That's during cool. that live stream. That's cool. That must have meant that that was something that he really liked. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, because I mean, I think that, um, you know, as even as much trust as Prince gave Joshua Welton, Joshua Welton didn't play anything during a Yahoo live stream that Prince didn't approve of. I'm well, sure. for sure. Um, so I gave this one a lot of credit for creativity and mm-hmm. short song. Um, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it was super interesting. Do you, who do you think it's about? Do you think it's about anyone in particular? I think that the common thought among Prince fans was that it was Andy Allo. Oh, um, okay. Because they were romantically involved, but I have absolutely no idea mm. if that's true or not. I'm just curious. Andy's have... Andy's out there. Let us know, Andy. <laughs> okay. Did Prince... Or did he not put you back in your cage? I want to know. Um, So then we get a little whooshy whoosh and Uh we're into Hard Rock Lover. Yes. Um, Earlier I said that This Could Be Us was the second single. It was actually the third single. My mistake. This song was really the album's second single that appeared 10 weeks before Hit and Run Phase 1's release, mm-hmm. although there was no announcement that this was from an upcoming album right. at the time. It was, it was kind of a one-off single that was on iTunes. That's where I found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nobody knew that it would be from an album to drop soon on, on Tidal. Right. I read that um, I had not seen this interview with Joshua Welton on a BBC uh, newscast that he claimed that this song and the very last song on the album, June, were recorded not only on the same day, but within the same hour. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. And he said that basically as soon as they were reco- they were done with it, that's when Hard Rock Lover got a release on iTunes. So it mm-hmm. was within you know, yeah. very, very short time of the song finishing that that's it showed up. Really cool. And Hard Rock Lover and June are very different songs. They are very so different. So it's super yeah. interesting mm-hmm. to think that he could go from one to the other. Yeah, in a matter of minutes. Yeah. I read a Rolling Stone review of Hit and Run Phase 1 from when the album came out, and they described the song as a slow-mo guitar meltdown. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I thought that was right. Yeah. That was right on. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely starts and stops. Prince, had, or actually Joshua Welton same in that, said in that same interview that Prince wanted to record something that went like a roller coaster, super yeah. fast and strong, and then slowed down and had a lot of silence in it, and I thought it was really successful. It's time to check your cell phone. Oh, I agree. He was still invested in a woman's pleasure. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Mm-hmm. I really like the soft to screaming, which is the the roller coaster. It's really, it's good. So, do you think he was trying to start a beef with Sade and Babyface, or was he just saying that those song, those kinds of artists, that the R and B wouldn't do. She needed something yes, dirtier. That's exactly what I okay. think. Because I Prince think so is na- he's called out Sade in previous songs, uh-huh. and his love for Sade is documented. So, yeah. Yes, I think he's just saying that's not the kind of music that she was into because she likes to party hard. <laughs> the slow down lyrics again yeah. bothered me a little bit. Oh, I didn't think really? they were necessary. Oh, Oh, I thought it added to the like the, the roller coaster part of it. Yes, mm. 
Okay. You, you know, you have your little straight of way that gives you a sense of... I'll give that to you. It wasn't my fit. I love the song. I think it's a highlight of the last year of Prince's career as a clear standout, standout on the album mm-hmm. for me, too. It's very different than the other right. songs uh, in the first half of this album, too. I just, again, I ask myself why, why. I don't know that it's necessary. The song starts and stops well enough without, you know, distorted vocals oh. like that, so... Can I also say about Hard Rock Lover that this was the first song on the album that didn't have a remix slash DJ studio work done to it. That it felt more, it was the first song that felt more organic to me than any of the other songs on the album. Um, And that was another reason that it stood out to me as Mm -hmm. kind of a highlight is, again, that having an album that is going in one direction for the first five or six songs and then this sucker shows up and takes you to a totally different place, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Okay. So then, a big shock, but we've got some whooshy whoosh, <laughs> and then we go into Mr. Nelson. Yeah, which uh, featured Leanne or Liana, it's different in different places, La Havas, uh, which I think, I thought that part was good. I liked her speaking vocals. Uh-huh. Um, she appeared with him on uh, the Saturday Night Live performance of Clouds. She okay. sang with him. Okay. So yeah, she those phrases that are you know you're in a place now that does not require time are all yeah. from. Clouds. It's all from Clouds. Mm-hmm. It's yes. basically a remix of Clouds. Yeah, it's a remix. I would say with extended instrumentation. Yeah, Prince Vault said that it was different enough to warrant its own page and not just call it a remix. Right. And I would not agree. Oh, really? I went back and listened to Clouds, Mm. and I really felt like this was just a remix. I don't know. If if this could be us on this album, gets its own entry as a remix of the song that appeared on Artificial Age, then I think this one does too. Okay. um, Well, I didn't go back and listen to that one. I only went back and listened to Clouds, (laughs) so... (laughs) (laughs) So this whole thing is, it's even hearing it on clouds where he, Prince allows someone to refer to him as Mr. Nelson. He had previously spoken about his distaste for the name Nelson, Nell's mm. son, mm-hmm. and that it meant nothing to him. And then, you know, surprising when clouds came out on artificial age and having his surname being used. And then here we have an entire song that's titled with his surname that, mm-hmm. you know, years ago he would have never allowed that right. to, to happen. So I think, yeah, again, the, ev- the evolution continues, right, growth. I also thought in the middle of the song, the tempo change felt really odd. It kind of has the same tempo as Clouds and then enters this kind of electronic portion of the song where the beat kind of speeds up. We get some, again, neat instrumentation at the end of this song, yeah. too, with a guitar right. solo that is awfully close to Rave into the Joy Fantastic. I don't know if you noticed no, that. No, I was I listening to it again that. this morning. I was like, this is almost the same huh. guitar solo that was the lead line from Rave mm-hmm. into the Joy Fantastic and used in The Max from yeah. the Love Symbol album. Right. Very, very similar. Huh. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Something he came back to a lot then. He did. But I think if there was a song that was, you know, it doesn't bother me, but the most skippable moments on this album, I think, are in here somewhere. I would not argue with that. All right. Yeah. I did not skip it. I listened to it. But I just kind of get a little lost in, in this one. It's yeah. like, why? Why? Yeah. You had clouds on the previous album. Do we need this? <laughs> 
Uh, again, it doesn't add a lot to that song at all. It's more mm-hmm. of almost like an instrumental interlude between um, Hard Rock Lover mm-hmm. and A Thousand Hugs and Kisses. Yeah. So I kind of think of it as almost interlude. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that leads us into A Thousand Hugs and Kisses. Right. It was or... originally recorded in Sydney, Australia in May of 1982 right. and was intended for Rosie Gaines mm-hmm. and then Nona Gay. Right. And then it got played live in London in 2007. Yeah, by then, surprise. Yeah, just by pulled surprise. pulled it out and like, played it. Because uh-huh. well, he was there for 21 nights. Let's play right. something different. Well, let's go deep. And then finally... He re-recorded it and it ended up here. Yep. Well, you're exactly right. Um, it's so cool to think that this is a song that you know he recorded during a break of the Diamonds and Pearls tour. Yeah, the song has been really sitting cool. around for 20 plus years. Yep. And went through different vocalists. Nona Gay had other music with Prince that got released. There was the song Love Sign. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the daughter of Marvin Gaye, of course. Uh, but her version never got released. We listened to a little bit of it. It's a it's yeah. circulating among collectors. This Prince's version, I would say, is definitely stripped down, a little smoother than hers, and has a kind of just a repeating drum pattern, a little keyboard line, and Prince singing lead and background throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. And again, this one is kind of delightful uh, yeah. with listening through headphones. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's sweet. Mm-hmm. He really, whoever he is singing about, somebody he misses. Right. You know, he's they, he wants somebody who's a hard worker and a lifelong love for him. And, and he wants to support her. Yeah, and I think that's great, and I really liked it. The it's, only thing I didn't like was the, the title. Right. Because... X means kiss and O means hug. Yes, it does. So the technical title of this is A Thousand Kisses and Hugs. Yes, and it bothers me. Yep. But I guess if I just don't look at the title of the song, then... Right, it wouldn't. It won't bother me. So maybe I just don't listen to the title. Well, if of the we song. really want to get into grammar nerd nerdism, the apostrophe should not be there either well, for yes. plural X's and O's. Yes, the Agreed. X's and the O's don't possess anything. No, it's, they it's, don't. It's plural. So right, but that gets in. That's the same. I'll put that in the same category as every day is mm-hmm. a winding road. Yeah, I'll have to move past it. Yes, we'll just have to let it go. But I thought this, I was so delighted to get this song, Prince's version of the song on this album. And though I can tell, I can hear the influence of Joshua Welton on the song, it's not overbearing. We don't have the Max Headroom vocal effects or any of the other uh, lasers and, you know, that type of thing kind of left well enough alone on the song and i really love it um it's yeah. also the longest song on the album oh. at four minutes and 27 seconds which i don't think you could say that about any other no prince album in history i i kind of like the quick hits it's again it's another nod to the hit and run yes that it's they're quick yep yeah that definitely yep. moves and i get was this a single as well not that I know of, no. No, I read that it reached 13 mm. on R&B charts. Maybe that was in mm. the UK. And then we come to the final song on the album, June. Right. Recorded at the same time as Hard Rock Lover. Yes, exactly. So yeah. this was, again, a very different kind of song where we've got these you know heavy beats and things mm-hmm. going throughout this whole album. And here's a song that's more of... A kind of poetry slam type yeah. of song, free form and yeah. no drums and just keyboards, and it's kind of Prince daydreaming. Yeah, 
the this is the only song on the album that I didn't like in headphones, and it's primarily because I'm prone to motion sickness. And oh, and it moves back and forth, it moves left and right, back channels. and forth, yeah. really fast. And <laughs> when songs do that, and I'm listening in headphones. I notice my eyes start to kind of shift to whatever side, <laughs> and it makes me dizzy. I thought so you looked I paranoid prefer- earlier this week. <laughs> no, I was just listening to June. Okay, <laughs> and that's that's a complaint about the song. Um, I really loved the performance of it. The he said. Uh, he wished he sh- or he should have been born on the Woodstock stage. Should have been born on the Woodstock stage. Right. And he was 11 at the time of Woodstock. Yeah. So, so it wasn't I was that like, far off. But he said he was born too late. Yes. He should have been born on the Woodstock stage. He's. Oh, well, he really was. Yeah, he, so he's got. Um, but I'm like, time is illusion, yo. I it's guess. all fun. Maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> A long time ago, or maybe yesterday, uh-huh. I should have been born on the Woodstock stage. stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a confusing line. I loved the, the but then he references an artist who performed at Woodstock, yeah, Richie, Richie Haven. Richie Havens. Did yeah. you go and watch that performance? The Woodstock performance? I watched parts of it, but oh. that's where he gained popularity. I was like, who? I've heard of Richie Havens, yeah. um, but I never took the time to go back and look at. Uh, the only thing I knew about Richie Havens was that he had covered... Uh, Here Comes the Sun okay. um, by George Harrison. Right. I didn't realize well, he's that. Saying he's saying Motherless sky- Child. Yes. Which Woodstock. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, hey, that's awesome. And I, after watching that performance by Richie Havens, I see why he was inspired by him because it was it Pretty was cool. really good. I did just kind of click around um, in Apple Music and listen to a few songs from a couple different Richie Havens early Music mm-hmm. from uh, the '60s. Yeah. Oh, I listened to the Woodstock yeah oh, performance? Uh, performance, and it was really, yeah. It was, well, I look at that and think maybe this is where Prince got a little bit of the work ethic from too, because Richie Havens soared to popularity after a three-hour opening performance at Woodstock, which, uh, which yeah. would be a relatively standard Prince concert, right? Know, plus, in a two-hour after well, show and, later, yeah, and that and that was unusual. Mm-hmm. In the late sixties, right? It was yeah. much more uh, get up and get out kind of, right. especially at a festival like Woodstock, right? Um, so I wondered why the reference to Richie Havens, certainly the Woodstock reference, but then I didn't realize that he passed away in April of 2013. So his oh. passing was relatively close Recent. to the time mm-hmm. uh, that this album came out. Also, I also made a note of a meaningless fact, knowing how short. Prince was mm-hmm. how tall Richie Havens is. Oh, really? Six foot six. Holy smokes. That's pretty tall. That is a tall, tall man. Yeah. I liked the line, why did you come to this planet? Mm-hmm. Why did you come to this life? Like we get to choose? And I wonder, you know, that just seemed interesting and a unusual... Kind of a weird question. Yeah, just kind of a, a weird question, an unusual way to be thinking about things, particularly based on his how heavy the religion was in his music. Right. Really for the last 20 years of his career, and certainly before that, but most heavily in the last 20 years of his career, that seemed like a weird sort of thing and to be thinking about that as if we're able to choose that's true and this is an album that's very free of any kind of 
religious undertones, right. which is also surprising considering that, you know, the co-producer, Joshua Welton, was uh, a devout Christian, very open about that. And Prince even said that's their connection was partly through mm-hmm. their faith. Right. Um, and it didn't, I, I also thought, you know, that could maybe be Prince's way of, of, of referring to this person as an angel. Okay. Or someone that he saw as an angel. Okay. Okay. And then he had, it was only in the car on our vacation that I realized, he says, somebody famous had a birthday today. Right. All I saw was another full moon. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I realized the name of the song is June. He's talking about his own birthday. Correct. Something he doesn't celebrate because yep. of his religion. Yes. Although you can't not realize that, you know, when June 7th rolls around in your prince, that was the day you were born. Right. Exactly. But after I realized that, the song took a new meaning for me. Okay. And a very sad one because he's alone yes. on his birthday cooking pasta kind of questioning his life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that this will, this won't be, despite the fact that I really like this song and I like the performance and it's interesting, it makes me really sad. And I don't know that I'll come back and revisit it because it seems like such a lonely yeah, sort well, of thing that even though it's not something he wanted to celebrate, he still wanted to have somebody to share the day with. And it's yeah. kind of like there he is in Paisley Park with the staff's all gone home for the day. And yep. there he is cooking pasta and it's burning on the stove because he's daydreaming. <laughs> yeah, and, he, you know, his focus was never, you know, something that he was acclaimed for. He definitely... Um, you know, had the prince form of ADD where his attention was everywhere. Right. Um, But it was very documented, you know, towards the, you know, from 2014 forward that he spent a lot of time alone at Paisley Park. And that Mm -hmm. was really his choice. Right. Um, Just because it's his choice doesn't make it less sad for me. No, it's definitely a sad thing. And I I agree. And I think a lot of people agree with your take on it, um, especially considering that, he passed away alone in the same right. in the same building. He definitely had acquaintances and people that were close to him and people who were important to him. But I think at the end of the day, when those people leave, you know, even someone like Joshua Welton, he's married and they have yeah. children or they were trying to have children at the time. That right. there, everyone has to step out of Prince's world at some point. That he, uh, everyone he worked with, you know, had to take a break or go home, family, whatever. And that was something that only Prince got to live in Prince's world, which was primarily a solo life with a whole lot of very intense and very important collaborations. And all of them came and went. Yeah. All right. But that brings us to the end of the album. But we also have Fall in Love Tonight with Zoe Deschanel. Okay. A lot of people don't care for their duet with the right. song. Yes. Um, I actually really liked it. I like Zoe Deschanel's voice. I don't always like the music of She and Him. Right. It's just not something that interests me a lot of the time or inspires me really in any way. But I, I like her voice and especially she has kind of a smooth mm-hmm. and a deeper voice for a woman, which I thought was a really nice contrast to Prince's 
very high voice in the song. I really liked that. And she's really only on the chorus. Yeah. I didn't mind her appearance. And the first time I heard the song and listened to it over and over, she was there. So it never, it never turned me off, but I didn't miss it on the album version. I was actually kind of excited to have a different version. Right. Nothing against her or her performance. But if I'm going to hear a song whatever it was, 18 months before this album came out, and yeah. then it appears here, I was thankful that it was a little bit different. Right. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. But I didn't mind. I don't really necessarily prefer one version over the other. I can appreciate both of them for what they are, uh-huh. and it, I liked it just fine. Okay. Yeah. And then we also watched... The episode of New Girl, which we watched it when it was on. We did. But we it's there. also on Netflix. So if you're... Is it Netflix or Hulu? It was on Netflix. Oh, okay. It's on, It's currently on Netflix. It's season three, episode 14. Okay. Just titled Prince. That's enough. Yeah. That is enough. That's really... And I really appreciated that in 2014, it aired February 2nd, 2014, right after the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. I appreciated that... Prince was enough of a draw to pull people in. And this was the series most watched episode with over 26 million viewers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I don't particularly care for New Girl. I've tried to watch it a few times and it's just, it's not, a a lot of people really find it funny. It's not something that speaks to me. I'm with you. The first and last time I ever watched (laughs) New Girl was this very episode. Yeah. Not because I think it's poorly done or poorly acted. It was just not... It's just not for me. Yeah. And that's okay. It is. And just a a very, and I also find it amazing that Prince found it interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, this wasn't, this was also a white woman. Yeah. You know, he took an interest in her show and her career and wanted, you know, clearly he didn't have to do this. This was something he wanted to do and. And did it. Well, and I get the impression that Zoe Deschanel, whether, you know, you like the show or not, she's an endearing character. Uh I don't particularly care for the music, but it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was, there was that. I thought it was funny that Jess, Zoe Deschanel, and her friend almost get run over. And as Uh an apology, they get invited to a party at the boss's house, which Uh is Prince. Yeah, it was Prince's driver that almost ran them over. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty cute and fun way. That's how they get them to. Yeah, make the connection. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, also I thought Prince looked super comfortable throughout this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Totally laid back. You know, it's, and I mean, he was sort of that way in Purple Rain also, and then obviously over the top and under the cherry moon. But, you know, he's there as this sage kind of figure to, (laughs) you know, just give some advice to these people half his age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, well, it's like, it's, where is New Girl set it's mm-hmm. set in Los Angeles. Yeah. I couldn't find anywhere that Prince had a house in Los Angeles in 2014. So I guess it was just... Yeah, writers trying yeah. to work, how are we going to get Because it was here? definitely not Paisley Park. Correct. And yeah. it was his house in LA that the party was at. Yeah, so. but it wasn't the 3121 house. No. Yeah. And then there were just a lot of cute little funny things that, oh, I'm sorry. When Prince meet uh, Jess and Nick... 
I'm glad you know these guys' names. Well, I, I mean, have to look it up. I've seen this episode a lot, and I still find the characters <laughs> kind of forgettable. So Jess and Nick are the the two main characters who are trying to decide whether they're going to tell one another they love one another. And Prince meets them, and he says, oh, wait, I didn't give you time to freak out because <laughs> you've met Prince. And I thought that was <laughs> funny and cute. And then, <laughs> Nick, I never thought I'd say this, but... I need to be alone with Prince. Right. Oh, you have to step out of here. He was obviously uncomfortable leaving her alone with someone like him. Yeah, which, you know, understandable. And then they they not only talk about her relationship, which is really kind of the main reason why she's there to talk to him, but then they do, like, Prince things. Like, he asks her if she likes pancakes and... Yes, which he's famous for making. He w- yes. Cooking himself. Yeah. Finish your pancake. Let's get to work. Oh, it's really good, but um, super full. Pancake. Okay. And then um, she calls Prince stupid at one point, which I thought was kind of fun and endearing how comfortable she was able to be with him. I really care for him, and I'm just worried I'm going to lose him. That's stupid. You're stupid. When You Were Mine plays in the background. Yes. They're playing ping pong, which is another yep. thing. And then Prince is friends with the butterfly. He's not. He's master of a butterfly. <laughs> I guess friends. They were friends. But yes. the, for the butterfly did his bidding. But, you know, you yeah. can't tell a butterfly to do anything. So, you know, he had to be the butterfly's choice right. to listen Yeah, and then, you know, he helps her work stuff out and dresses her with his amazing fashion sense. And then they're at the party, and she professes her love for Nick. And then Prince calls her up on stage, and they have this duet, which is Uh Fall in Love Tonight. And at the very end, they ask her, how did you know the words? Uh And she says, Prince's magic. <laughs> yes. Previously established with the butterfly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just thought everything about Prince in this episode was fun and endearing. He seemed so comfortable. It was sweet. There were so, It was funny. It was very lighthearted Prince, which mm-hmm. is so nice. It was so nice to see him looking kind of happy and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And very relaxed. Yeah. Um, I was reading some of the... Uh, yeah, like the, the top nine things that you don't know about Prince's appearance on New Girl. And one uh-huh. of them was that it was his idea to use a lighter in the bathroom scene at the end. And he, <laughs> Zoe De- Deschanel says, I walked up the stairs and followed him into a bathroom. He turned out the lights. For a moment, I was standing in a small, dark bathroom alone with Prince. <laughs> then he flicked a lighter on underneath his chin and said, isn't this funnier? <laughs> so that's how the scene ended up there. <laughs> it is funnier. Good job, Prince. Yeah. Good job. All right. So that's all we have. There weren't videos accompanying songs here. There wasn't a lot of additional materials other than the new girl stuff, which was yep. actually quite far ahead of the album. But I don't know when else we would really talk about no, this I, since I think, it ended up on this album. Right I think spot. this is. Sure. We have rules. We choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time period in which the album came out or when it was recorded, a C, the thing we like the least, and a mountain, what we like the best. All right. And we have agreed once. Once. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. So my time capsule Mm -hmm. 
is like a Mac. Why? Okay, I thought you might ask that. Because it sounds like a song from Iggy Azalea, okay. which came out in 2014, just not too terribly long before the album came out. A song called Fancy. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know it. Yeah, you wouldn't because you don't listen to the radio. Right. Yeah. So, but it was it sounds a lot like that. Huh. Like the the way Curly Fries uh-huh. sings their parts of it. Right. It sounds very much like this Iggy Azalea song and like a lot of Iggy Azalea songs. And interestingly enough, at this time, Iggy Azalea also worked with Rita Orr, but oh. not on the song that it sounds like. Okay. And But they were working together. But they were they both worked with Prince at this time. So Like Mac sounded to me like what was on the radio okay shortly before this album came out gotcha well i definitely will agree that the language and uh, vocabulary in like a mac is going to date the bejesus out of oh, a cd in 10 years for sure so in that regard i definitely can see the time capsuleness of it all right that makes perfect sense for me, the time capsule was the last thing we spoke about. Fall in Love Tonight with the New Girl appearance uh, yeah. that you can watch on Netflix. That I mean, it was his last real public appearance outside of concerts, you know, right. where the easily accessible uh, to watch and certainly his last TV appearance before his passing. So I thought there's nothing that's going to encapsulate <laughs> this time more for me than this kind of out of left field album and this out of left field appearance on this uh, <laughs> comedy show that I had this, you know, yeah, uh, sketch comedy know that anything. I'd never really watched anything about. And to find out that he it was one of the few shows that he watched personally yeah, um, was really surprising to me. Yeah. So that all fell into the time capsule bucket for me. Okay. Fair. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. All right. The C. My C was Mr. Nelson. Okay. I just didn't feel like I much preferred... Clouds uh-huh. from Artificial Age, having gone back and listened to that, mm-hmm. I, it was just, it was n- nothing for me. Uh-huh. It was short, which is good. I liked the guitar on it to be able to use that, but it really felt like something that Joshua Weldon put together mm-hmm. and they decided to put it on the album. It didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I definitely agree that it falls into filler category for mm-hmm. me. And on a relatively short album like this, too, filler material stands out a lot. Yeah. Um, so I would agree with you. It definitely had the feeling of not a ton of Prince involvement. Like, he yes. handed this off to someone else and said, remix it, and then showed up and played some guitar on it. And that's how it ended up on, yeah. the, on the album. Well, my understanding was that it the guitars were something that had already been recorded and then mm. were added to it. Okay, that so, would make sense, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I do not disagree with you, but I have okay. a different selection. Okay, what is it? Well, um, Like a Mac was my least favorite song okay. on the album. Um, however, it's not my C. The C for me is the very, very opening of the album where we've got the snippets of For You and 1999 and Let's Go Crazy with the turntable stop effects on each of those songs. And it has absolutely ruined the song For You for me. Because I go back to listen to that song every once in a while and it's all just 
vocals by Prince. Right. And I can't get through it without expecting it to like slow down and stop in this Aww. dumb deep voice Aww. with a you know a turntable stop. Right. It just what a shame. I I I've got to go back. I think I'm going to make a version of the opening of this album without that stuff at the beginning and yeah. just the launch into Million Dollar Show for me, and that'd be great. Right. But it's. I don't know. It's trained my mind to expect those songs to do something that they don't Don't really do. do. Oh, that's too bad. I don't like that. No. Don't mess with my mind. Um, (laughs) Prince is messing with your brain post-mortem. Yep. All right. Then we have our mountain. It was hard for me to pick. I really liked... A lot of the songs. I was I was very surprised. That's one thing that you did say that you had a hard time picking a mountain, and not because there wasn't a lot that you liked. Yeah. I thought that you might kind of dismiss a lot of this album as oh, no. kind of noise. No, I liked it a lot. Uh, I really liked the way Hard Rock Lover sounded uh-huh. with its highs and lows. I liked the sweetness of a thousand hugs and kisses. Uh-huh. I thought Fall in Love Tonight was really fun. But my mountain was X's face because it was so unique and Uh unusual. It was different than stuff that was out at the time in regular popular music, at least that I've been exposed to. It was different than what Prince did. I liked how unique it was. That was my mountain. That's a great call and a surprising one for me again. That oh. was one of the songs I thought, I don't know if Chrissy's going to be into this oh, at I all. I like it a lot. Okay. Well, yeah. learn something new today. For me, I had the same tough call. There was there were a lot of things about this album that were not really my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but there were many songs that I thought were like if you put together a best of Prince compilation from 2010 yeah. through today... There would definitely be some selections off of this album, off of this album, on that compilation. So for me, it came down to a tough call between "Hard Rock Lover" and "June" and "A Thousand Hugs and Kisses." I thought they were all top tier Prince songs that mm-hmm. made this entire album worth the price of admission for me. Those three songs made everything else um, worth committing to work your way through this largely remixed feeling kind of album. Yeah. And I thought those were the most original sounding of all of the tracks on the album, too. And I think it's just because of my own history with the song, but I ended up picking A Thousand Hugs and Kisses um, to finally have Prince's version, knowing that he had worked on it for decades, essentially, that it had been uh, top of mind and laying around and came back again and for it to finally pop up and make it on an album. I was excited to yeah. to, to hear that. Aww. And I love the simpleness of it too, um, which I thought was unique for this album. There's not a lot of stripped down moments right. on this album. There's a and, lot of borderline overproduced. Yeah, over the top stuff. Um, but I also would say that for everyone who doesn't like this album, I think I have to give some credit to Joshua Welton and also to Prince, of course. But even if you don't like it, to be given this sort of gift of an album that, you know, kind of popped up out of nowhere and for it to be so different than anything else that we'd ever gotten, yeah, I think is really admirable. Yeah. Um, and there's no shortage of Prince music. So, hey, recommit to listening to something like this and you're guaranteed to find something that is going to make you smile. Right. I think that's really great. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, that brings us to the end. Once again, we don't agree on any of our three selections, but... We don't feel strongly against any of them. No, that's very good. 
Yep. That your C was not in contention for my yeah, that didn't mountain, and your mountain wasn't in contention for my C. So I think we call that a win. Win-win. Win-win. All right, so what are we going to do next time? Well, we had originally thought that we were going to make this episode a one-off on Hit and Run Phase 1, but I've decided to make the next episode about um, related artist albums that were released during this time period featuring two women who were uh, very involved in Prince's life um, towards the end of his career. Um, Those being Judith Hill, who was the lead singer on Million Dollar Show. She had an album titled Back in Time that was released as a free download in March of 2015 by Prince himself. Okay. And then it actually got a retail release in October of 2015, just about a month after Hit and Run Phase 1 was released. Okay. Um, He co-wrote many of the songs, plays on the album, sings on the album, so I think it's an important thing to touch on. Okay. And we'll also include Andy Allo's uh, and Prince, um, their album, We Can Love, that's O-U-I, Can Love, which is an acoustic album by Andy Allo that features Prince on acoustic guitar also and background vocals. Um, it's primarily an album of covers of Prince's own music and then some other surprises oh, also. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, the, the funny thing about this one is it was only officially available for a period of 12 hours on title wow. on November 7th, 2015. So, so this might be challenging to get our hands on. Um, well, well, not for us, but for listeners. For listeners to get their hands on. But I'll I see if I can find it somewhere. Maybe tweet it out. Yeah. So I thought that'd be a great episode. Combine those two albums um, and uh, we'll cover those together. So they're not together. really related to Hit and Run itself. No, that's not. But they uh, came out around the same time Imprints worked on them. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to call so, these Associated by Time, which is a trick, uh, yes. as we all know. <laughs> so, Which is, yes, it's subjective and a human construct. Exactly. So, so if and, you want to listen to okay. uh, Back in Time, though, it's on all major streaming services. You can check uh, Judith, Hill's, Judith Hill's album out okay. uh, today. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds great. Well, we'll do that. So if you need to see if we can find that Andy Allo album for you, you can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast, or you can use the shortcut at TMATS podcast, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS podcast, or you can email us and I'll see if I can send you a link. I won't send you the files because that's illegal, but I will see if I can find you a link to that at some point. And you can email us at tmatspodcast at gmail.com. So thank you so much. We appreciate you spending your time with us today as we chatted about Hit and Run Phase 1, divisive album, but a lot of it's a lot of fun. So I agree. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a good one.